Man, Jay was trying to wake some people up this morning with those, those drums, wasn't he? That's right. Appreciate you, bro. Oh, man. Today is a great day. I hope y'all are excited. I'm excited. Let her work on this for a second. So the One Fest was great, y'all. Man, it was so good. Real, like real good. Who all came out for it? Okay, great. Good, good, good. I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart to everyone that came and served, was there in that hot day, all day long, along with everybody else. But it was really hot, y'all. We had a janky mist tent. I, we, we set it up last minute. It, it worked a little bit, but it, uh, it was a very hot day, but everyone came out and served. Uh, I'm just really appreciative of everyone that, that gave their time to uh, ultimately love on the community. That's what it was all about. So it was a great outcome, and we just had a lot of fun doing it like we do. To all the winners, congratulations. Yeah, right? It's cool to be able to give people things, isn't it? So, first thing I want to address, because this caught me way off guard. I was back there praying, you know, I'm trying to think about this morning. But my wife stands up here, and she says about the kids going back to school and all this, all this stuff. Which I found, like, suspect, I don't know. She's a school teacher, y'all. <laughs> She's going back with them. Like, it's not like she left one thing to get like, oh, they're out of the house. She went to 15 more of them. Like, I mean, whatever. I guess your own kids are, are different. So I, I'm, I'm going to do a part two, thank you, Bernie, of last, not last week, but the week before that. I went into uh, different attitude, different outcome. How many know that that's true? Very true, right? So this week, I'm going to go into a part two of it, but I'm going to talk a little, uh, a little different because there's a certain attitude that I believe we lack uh, for multiple reasons that I'm hoping to help us out with that today, which is an attitude of prayer. And... Uh, I'm going to get into that in a minute, but listen, y'all, when I say, has God ever answered a prayer for y'all? Like, really answered a prayer for y'all, right? <laughs> Clap. Yeah, that's good. Have you ever gotten a picture of it? You ever got, like, a photo of it? Y'all, listen, I've been praying for this to happen for a long time. Bernie, show him that photo that I captured of answered prayer. Look at that, y'all. That is my wife. Right here. <laughs> oh, man. A picture says a thousand words. We were, pra we were practicing. I, I was Jesus in the play. We were practicing. So I got an opportunity to walk up, and I was like, you know, I better take a picture of this moment because I can use this for multiple things, right? Oh, man. I always like to start off with a laugh. <sighs> That's all right. I've got the picture forever now. Right? All right, so let's, uh, let's go to the, the second slide here. I'm sorry. 
Bernie's trying to leave it up there. It might even just freeze right there the rest of the day. <laughs> Y'all are going to have to focus in. No, so, so what I really want to talk about today is prayer. So just, just so you guys know, at the One Fest, we had a little prayer tent, and healings took place, salvations took place, like so many things took place over there, and I just thought it was so cool. I'm just like, man, like people came, they got healed, they got saved, they got delivered, like, things were really happening, y'all, in downtown Cumberland, right? I know, I'm going to clap my hands for that, because that's great. And it was just laid on my heart that, you know, prayer is the one thing that we really have that is super powerful. Um, I'm not going to go off on a, on a, a long rabbit trail on this, because I want to get to the teaching, but uh, it's one thing that I believe as a lot of believers, we, we struggle with, right? We all like to say that we pray or we're praying for you. We like to give those, those uh, quick little uh, shot outs like, oh, yeah, I'm praying for you. I'm doing that, you know, and, and then just, it's almost like a, a quick and easy, like, remove yourself from the situation, keep it moving. Y'all don't have to agree with me. I know what that happens. I do it. We all do it. We've all done it. But as I got thinking more about prayer, it was just real heavy on my heart. And uh, I, wanted to, I wanted to start laying out the foundation of the next couple of teachings that I feel like God's really trying to show me to help us as a church to begin to pray, but pray together. And then and ultimately what it's going to do for, for not only ourselves, but as a, a group and a church and a body moving in one direction. But uh, what stuck out to me is... In Luke, when I was reading in Luke, this is Luke 11, verse 1, and this is the Amplified Version. It says, it happened that while Jesus was praying in a certain place, after he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, everybody say, teach us to pray. Just as John also taught his disciples. So what was super interesting to me about this, though, first was, all right, let me go check out what John taught his disciples on prayer. Good luck, y'all. I could not find a single thing. There was nothing that I could find about John teaching his disciples in prayer. If you find it, Phil's looking for it right now. I know he is. If he finds it, help me out. But what I also realized, for me personally, that this was the first time as well the disciples actually asked of him to teach them something. I want you to think about that. So I want you to think about a lot of the stuff that they were doing. So they're casting out demons. They're doing all types of stuff. But this is really the first time that they look and they say, teach us to. And man, that, that hit me sideways because I'm like, wow. Out of everything that I can, I'm just thinking of myself. Like, teach me to walk on water, Right? Teach me all these crazy things before I get to prayer. I want some cool stuff. Like, give me the cool stuff, right? That's what I want. But then the more I thought about it is when you look at Jesus' life and the things that he did and he exampled, what, what I really believe in this is what happened was that they watched the patterns and consistency of Jesus. That when he was doing things, what was he going and doing? He was going and praying. 
They found him doing things. They found him places praying. And then after that, they see like the, the miracles happen and all this. So they're putting all this together of like, what is he doing that, that, you know, that I'm not doing? Or it must be this consistency of prayer that that really means something. That if he's doing that and these things are happening, then I, I want to know more about this. So don't teach me yet. Teach us to pray. And that just took me down this rabbit hole, I guess, if you want to say, of my prayer life and, and what I believe a lot of us struggle with. And the next, the next slide he goes into, it's Luke 11, 2 through 4, Amplified Verses. And he goes in to tell them how to pray. You know, the Lord's Prayer. Popular prayer, we've all probably heard it. If you haven't, you can go read it. It's a great prayer. But... Uh, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time there, just like the extra song threw my wife off, it threw me off, so i got to speed up. I know everyone's already thinking about lunch, so i gotta, I got to keep it moving. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for your hunger to go away and stay with me for a few minutes. But um, following immediately after that, after the question was asked, he, he, he goes into three parables to teach on prayer. And I find them super interesting. There's something in common with all of them. But again, this is following the question, teach us to pray. Okay? So the first, the first parable I want to start with is the friend at midnight. Everybody's got that friend at midnight. That's bugging, knocking on your door. I'm just kidding. But we're going to we're gonna go ahead and read this. Guys, there's going to be a lot of reading. So I hope you brought your Bibles. Who brought their Bibles? Your phone doesn't count. There, as I'm looking off my computer. No, I'm just, I got my Bible too. No, but we got it up here for you. So we're going to start with this parable, Luke 11, 5 through 7 in the Amplified. It says, then he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend and goes to him at midnight and says, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. For a friend of mine who is on a journey has just come to visit me, and I have nothing to serve him. And from inside he answered, Do not bother me. The door has already been shut, and my children and I are in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I felt like that was super polite. I can imagine if you knocked on my door at midnight, what was coming to the door. Four foot nothing. But a whole lot of, like, little chihuahua barking. She's going she's gonna to be at you. If you came at our door at midnight, right? But uh says, for a friend of mine who is on a journey has just come to visit me, and I have nothing to serve him. What I first want you guys to understand is that in this time, like, hospitality was everything. Like, it really meant something. You wanted, to, you wanted to serve your guests, you know, you wanted to be prepared. Like, hospitality was a real thing then. So, you know, the urgency is, is, is there. That's why he's knocking on the door at midnight. says, I cannot get up and give you anything. Next slide. says, I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything, just because he is his friend... 
Yet because of his persistence and boldness, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. I need y'all to say that with me. Because of his and boldness, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. So I say to you, ask and keep on asking, and it will be given to you. Say, ask and keep on asking. Ask and keep on asking. So I say to you, ask and keep on asking, and it will be given to you. Seek and keep on seeking. Say, seek and keep on seeking. And you will what? Knock and keep on what? And the door will be open to you. For everyone who keeps on asking persistently, say persistently, receives. And he who keeps on seeking, come on, y'all, wake up with me. Who keeps on seeking, there we go, finds. And to him who keeps on knocking, the door will be so what do y'all see in that? Oh, I, come on now. We're leaving with something today, right? Give yourself a hand. So persistently in doing something, something happens. So let's go to the next slide and finish this out, this first parable. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him an, a scorpion. If you then, being evil, that is sinful by nature. Know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask and continue to ask him? So, there's a confidence in God's ability. Are you guys seeing it? Like, are, are you guys seeing what's happening here in this first, in this first parable uh, of what he is uh, sharing here and using as an example? There's what? There's a need that needs met, right? As we're going to find out in all of these parables that is used here in this teaching, there's a need. There's a real need. And I know you guys are sitting there like, hmm, well, of course, in most prayer there's a need, right? Yeah. But, but there's a need in all three of these. So the problem with this first one, next slide, the hindrance, we doubt that God is truly concerned about us. And I know this is, this is going to be challenging for us to look at, but... I believe if we really start to take a real look at this and realize that why we lack in prayer, and I don't know about some of y'all, but even get to the point where you're like, I'm not even going to deal with it. Like, I'll pray when I can. I'll, I'll pray for my food, right? I'll pray, I'll pray before I go to bed. I'll pray in the morning. I'll pray for these things. But the reality of it is, is a lot of us in circumstances and when things happen, there's a hindrance in the prayer that, it, that he's speaking of here that basically we're doubting that God is really concerned about us. And then that leads us to pray or not pray in faith. Not pray at all or not pray in faith. Stick with me, y'all. The second parable. 
the persistent widow. Luke 18, and this is the message translation. I love the message translation. It might seem a little wild to y'all, but stay with me. Jesus told them a story showing that it was necessary, everybody say this, necessary for them to pray consistently and never quit. Say that. That's good. He said, there once, there once was a judge in some city who never gave God a thought and cared nothing for people. A widow in that city kept after him. My rights are being violated. Protect me. Next slide, four through five. He never gave her the time of day, but after this went on and on, he said to himself, I care nothing what God thinks, even less what people think, but because this widow won't quit uh, badgering me, I'd better do something and see that she gets justice. Otherwise, I'm going to end up beating black and blue by her pounding. Next slide. Then the master said, do you hear what that judge, corrupt as he is, is saying? So what makes you think God won't step in and work justice for his chosen people who continue to cry out for help? Won't he stick up for them? I assure you he will. He will not drag his feet. But how much of that kind of persistent faith will the Son of Man find on the earth when he returns? So, hindrance. Feeling our prayers haven't been answered. You ever feel like your prayers aren't being answered? Y'all ain't being honest this morning. Do, do y'all ever feel like you're, you're like, man, I'm praying, God, I'm praying, I'm praying, why isn't this being answered? What is it? Not giving it your all. How, how many of us know that it's our own delays and doubts that keep us? It, it's not his, right? Time, you know, we always get worried with time, and it's in God's timing, it's in God's plan, it's in all these things. But the reality of it is, it, it's really our own delays and here's what I believe why, is just because a hindrance happens when we're feeling that our prayers haven't been answered. It attaches it to the, the very first one, if you will, that we just talked about, the last hindrance. And it's, it's a continuous thing that keeps putting us in a place that we, we feel like we can't go to God, or God's not answering us, so there must be something wrong with us or what we're doing. Amen? So, let's go to the last parable. The parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. So this is in Luke 18, starting 9 through 17. This is the message translation. He told his next story to some who were complacently pleased with themselves over their moral performance and look down their nose at the common people. Let's look, look down to our text and keep, keep reading. I know people, I, I know I've done this, everyone's done this. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee, 
the other a tax man. The Pharisee posed and prayed like this, O God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, crooks, adulterers, or heaven forbid, like this tax man, I fast twice a week and I tithe on all my income. Yeah, where are you at? Where's all my tithers at? On all your income. And you're fasting daily, right? This is funny. This is tough. I know this is going to be challenging. 13. Meanwhile, the tax man, slumped in the shadows, his face in his hands, not drained to look up, said, God, give mercy, forgive me, a sinner. Jesus commented, this tax man, not the other, went home, made right with God. If you walk around with your nose in the air, you're going to end up flat on your face. But if you are content to be simply yourself, you will become more than yourself. 15 through 17, people brought babies to Jesus, hoping that they might touch them. When the disciples saw it, they shooed them off. Jesus called them back. Let these children alone. Don't get between them and me. These children are the kingdom, pride, and joy. Mark this, unless you accept God's kingdom, in the simplicity of a child, you'll never get in. So these three, now we're going to talk about these three parables here. So we got the three parables that we just read, which run back through again. The friend at midnight, the persistent willow, or willow, my dog's name's Willow, she's a peach, she's haunting me here. I wish she would go back to school. Is there a dog school I can send? <laughs> the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. So, the three parables on prayer teach us, the first one, next slide, next slide. Next one. There we go. To what? Everyone say pray boldly. Think about this, y'all, for a second. Yeah, there John is just boldly. Having the audacity of expecting his friend to wake up his entire household to give him bread. Like, think about that, y'all. And then here's what I here's what I put underneath it. If you can ask your friends things of the of this nature, and they will respond. How much more, everyone say, how much more can we expect from our God? And guys, listen, I know this is probably like, man, I've heard this a thousand times. It seems like this. But here's what I want to really start to sink in. Like, think, I know that, I know that people in here, including myself, I've asked some crazy things of my close friends, right? I mean, crazy. I wouldn't even tell you up here how crazy because it just is not appropriate, some things that I ask. But, but, the, but the reality of this is, is why, why do we instantly, this is, a, this is a real quick question, why do we instantly feel comfortable most times to go to a friend or, or go to, to someone we're close with and be so open with them 
about our situations, our problems, whatever the case is, and we will tell them everything, right? But we struggle to take that immediately in prayer to, to honestly, listen, the w- only one that can do something about it, the only one that's going to give some sort of sound uh, guidance or wisdom into the situation to help then make it better. A lot of times we go to someone who co-signs for us, allows our feelings to be what, you know. And again, I'm not saying in any situation, but I really want you guys to think about this. We will be so quick to go to somebody else for something than we will to the one who we're supposed to be in continuous prayer with. Continuous prayer. Not, not just every so often. I'm learning in my life to be in constant prayer at all times around my wife. Just, just, <laughs> just, my wife said I, she chose violence today. Anybody else relate with that? <laughs> but, but for real, the, to pray boldly, this, this is something, guys, that we need to learn. And I know prayer is difficult. This was going to be challenging for me. Uh, it's a little out of, it's funny, I text Brad. I was like, yeah. He's like, you're all good to go? I was like, uh, yeah, I think so. And he was like, well, you, you know, what, what's the message? And I was like, prayer, I'm just struggling a little bit with it. And uh, it was real funny because I was like, I believe it and all. I just don't normally teach on it. Like, it's not something I normally teach on. And he started laughing. He's like, well, I hope you believe on it. It was funny, but here's the reality. It's a touchy subject. The people that are close to me that I'm, I'm you know, chatting with throughout the week are like, you just got to really watch because, you know, you might say something that offends somebody. You might, you know, some people, it's, it's just, it's touchy, but I accepted the challenge because what I believe is that we're lacking in areas of things that we're claiming we know, the thing that we have, which is full access to our Father, and that if, if we would just ask the simple question like these disciples who were with him, watched him do everything, followed him, all this, and the one thing they asked is said, teach me how to pray. Guys, I don't think we should overlook this because this is one of the most important things in our Christian walk and lives that we have direct access to that we don't tap into. We allow our flesh go for a minute and then after we calm down, then we go to prayer, then the situation's fixed, then we're like, oh my gosh, yeah, next time I'm going to go to prayer first. But we never do. And there's simple steps that lead us to how to do these things. Simple steps. So the first one is we need to learn how to pray boldly. If we can ask crazy things from others, Like, our Father wants us to ask Him all of those things. (laughs) Yeah, next slide, buddy. It's my little helper up there. See, you ask and you get next slide. So pray persistently. Everyone say that. So as I put up here, if you guys can see, so this was, uh, this was neat as I was doing my studies. So sometimes uh, Jewish disputes, they had to go further than the elders. 
you know, the, they had to bring in the judges from Herod to Rome. They had to, uh, they had to get involved sometimes. How many know that things have to be taken up higher sometimes? Got to be dealt with in different ways. So if you were poor when this happened, there was pretty much zero chance that you were going to get your way. To remind you who we're talking about here, we're talking to the widow who had a problem, right, with the judge. She felt like she wasn't, it wasn't fair, it was being unjust, so she kept asking, she kept asking, she kept asking, she kept asking, and a judge in this time who wouldn't, this normally wouldn't happen, he eventually just got to the point, he was so annoyed, he's like, God, just give her what she wants, right? I can relate, y'all. I'm not going to keep talking about my wife up here, I'm already in trouble, but I can relate. Man, y'all are a tough crowd this morning. No, nobody. But she, she keeps asking and asking and asking, and then finally he's just like, all right. So why does, why does Jesus use the widow? Be, yeah, because she's persistent, but because she had no influence. This, and remind you guys, He's, he's teaching the disciples. These are the examples he's using to teach his disciples. So he uses her because she, she has no influence to fight on her own behalf. Like, I don't know if that sinks into you guys, but there's no influence for her to fight on her own behalf. The only way she was going to win is by annoying, is by being so persistent and annoying that judge that she was going to get what she wanted to get. I wish I had just one person in here that was willing to just, I, I'm going to keep asking, no matter what. I don't care what happens. I'm going to keep asking. I'm going to keep asking. I'm going to keep asking. I don't care if you tell me if I prayed, the Father knows everything, that I don't have to continue to pray. But I'm going to continue to pray and pray and pray and pray and pray until I get what is mine. I know, listen, it's tough, y'all. It's, it's tough because, you know what is wild and why it's so tough? Because I, I think we tell ourselves we are, but we're not really willing to do what we're called to do, which is continually press in. And guys, listen, prayer, you know what prayer is? So my prayer life looks wild, and I thought for a while, I'm like, man, mine's got to be all whacked out. Because I'm just different, y'all. I don't... Uh, I'm not big on, uh, I'm like telling on myself here. I, I believe in prayer 1,000%, but I got this week started looking into a bunch of things. I'm like, where in the world did we just start closing our eyes and bowing our <laughs> Like I went down this wild rabbit trail of wondering where we adopted these practices of prayer, right? Because when I'm looking and reading in the Bible, Jesus is, when he's doing things, he's looking up to the heavens, he's praying, you know what I mean? Like, there's so many things, and I'm like, where did we adopt these things? Like, where did I start this close? And I know people are like, it's a respect thing, and we've always done it, and all this stuff. I, I understand all that, but it did make me really start to think how much we box prayer in, and we limit it to a building. We limit it. Actually, you know what's funny is that it says in, in one of the teachings that what he pretty much is saying is that, listen, if you, can't, if you can't keep yourself from wanting to be seen in prayer, do it in secret. You guys didn't hear me. He's telling them that, if listen, if you, 
If you can't, for whatever reason it is, for you to find that connection with God in public, around people, if you can't do that on your own without wanting to be seen or without any other reason besides connecting with God, do it in secret. You don't have to believe me. This is, this is out of the Bible. This is what he's telling them. This is what the hypocrites do. This is what the Pharisees do. The Pharisees go and they pray standing to be seen in the synagogues. Amen? You got, are we reading the same Bible? He's saying that this is what they do. And yeah, there's times in secret. And then I get there's other times where they felt, you know, it says he fell on his face. I, I hit my knees and, and I, you know, I, I bow my head to the Lord. You know, and, and then I realized in some of these things, there's, that's form of worship that it's talking about. So there's just a lot of things that I was looking at today or in this past week that was really had me looking at like prayer and, and what we're, what, where our hearts are really postured at when it comes to prayer. That I, I don't have to come to a prayer night to, to, to pray. Listen, that's great. I, I want you to come. It blows my mind even more that five people come to a prayer night. I, I'm trying to figure all this out, guys. It, but the reality of it is, is that I have full access and conversation with the Father whenever I want it. Whenever I want it. Why, why do we struggle to connect that after the fact of whatever the case is and the situation is that we're going through? Why is it an after fact? Why isn't it a before thing? Why isn't it a constant thing like it calls us to do? And I believe, it, listen, if you're one of them and you wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning, 4 o'clock in the morning, and you go pray, I love you to death. But God is not calling me out of bed that early. I am so sorry. My wife gets up at like 4, she used to get up at 4 o'clock. She would be, have worked out, prayed made dinner, and it's not even breakfast time yet, packed all the kids' lunch, fed the dogs, let the dogs out, all this stuff, and I'm just scratching my eyes like, oh, I'm so excited getting up. And my duty is to make the coffee. I'm the best coffee maker on this side of the Mississippi, y'all. I'm telling you. But she would get mad, and I was like, ain't, ain't no one asked you to get up at four o'clock in the morning, and then I have some friends that are like, man, the Lord woke me up in the middle of the night. I'm like, yes. They're like, what? I'm like, I'm glad he didn't wake me up. I'd be mad at 12 o'clock at night, someone waking me up. But guys, I'm being funny, but I'm being for real that I understand there's different types of prayer. There's, there's God lays things on your heart. There's all these different types of prayer, but we're, we're boxing it in. We're not following the simple directions, the simplicity of the directions that is given to us when he's teaching his disciples to pray. We're not taking them with us. We're not, we're not practicing them, putting them in play. So therefore, we're struggling. And I believe we're falling into to these, uh, we'll call them a thousand different things. Like a, a, a sp we're spiritually drained. We're, we're all these other things. And it's, I believe the sole reason is because we don't understand that prayer is the one thing that we have that's going to help us get through any and every situation. Any and every situation. So, 
that was, all right, let's go to the third point. Everybody said, pray with humility. This is a big one, y'all. This is a really big one. So Jesus responds to the humble approach of the tax collector. Not the Pharisee. You know what's even crazier? So for us having the Bible and how we read it, the Pharisees to us are like the villains, right? But in this time, Pharisees were like, they're like the real deal. Like they're like the superheroes of this time. The tax collectors are the bad guys. They're, they're, they're the bad dudes, right? They're the one that's taking the money. They're lining their pockets. They're doing crazy stuff with them. Like nobody likes the tax collectors. So it's, it's neat here that he uses this, this uh, tax collector who uses a self-reflection because when we realize and here in the tax collector, when we realize the things that, that are being said and, and how he approaches the situation, it's completely different than the Pharisee. It's not looking down, it's looking at self. One of the biggest struggles we have as people today. We are quick to look at anything and everybody else and point the finger before we look at ourselves. To self-reflect, to realize that it's something of me, not everybody else and that's the comfortable thing to do it's easy to look at you and point and see what you're not doing or look at your prayer life or look at how you're doing things what you're not doing you're in here lifting your hands and you're out there you know doing whatever you do out there but the reality of it is is when we stop comparing ourselves to others and we start comparing ourselves to God things change guys Things change in a, in, a, in a drastic way. It's, it's no more that I'm looking at everybody else. It's that I'm looking at me. So all three of these examples, there's what? There's a need, right? Unbelief is a big part of some of these examples. And I'm going to say that. I'm going to say it again. Unbelief is a big part of some of these examples. And you would ask why. Because here's what I've learned. Nobody likes to be challenged in the area of saying, well, why don't you do something? I don't know about y'all, but when I look at my life and I can be honest with myself, the reason that I don't entertain certain things I don't do is because I don't believe in it. It's as simple as that. I don't know, I, I wish once one person would get honest with me, is that the reason that I don't do something is because I don't fully trust or believe in it. That's all there is to it. And I, and I know that for a long time, even in my Christian walk, I didn't fully engulf myself or believe that prayer was the thing that I needed. I knew the relationship with Christ was the most important thing. But you know what he struck me with today? You know what the, one of the very first things that I did and everybody else sitting in here that's accepted Christ did? You said a prayer with faith. Something happened. I don't know where you were at. I was in Fort Ashby, West Virginia. Uh, How He Loves Us was playing. I was getting all hot and sweaty and, you know, getting that, like, feeling when your music is playing and, and all this stuff. And something happened. And then 
it hit me, and I started sweating, and I started profusely weeping and crying and don't know, but something happened inside of me, and I took faith, and it led me into a prayer that changed my life. That changed my life. So faith activated, and I prayed with faith, and it changed my life. And, and this, this is one thing that I know. And I, I think it's super cool because when we start challenging the areas of our life where we have a lack of trust or unbelief, to realize is that one of the reasons we don't pray, it comes down to being a hindrance of the, a lot of things we just talked about. We don't really believe we deserve it, right? Uh, God's not answering my prayer. God's not this. I mean, we can, go, we can go back to a lot of things. We can go back to Paul had an unanswered prayer. God, remove this thorn. Three times he asked him. Nope. I guess you could, you could sum up that Jesus said, let this cup pass from me. There, there's unanswered prayers in the Bible from significant people that still continue to follow. And guess what? Here's another cool thing that was, was pointed out to me as I was, as I was reading and studying. So I'm sure Paul, you know, on, his, on the Damascus Road where he was blinded, that I'm sure before all then, I'm sure he said prayers, right? We've all, we all said prayers. We've all reached out in, in times of need uh, before, before a relationship with Christ or during our relationship with Christ, whatever it may be. We've all said, you know, the, the basic prayers, if you will. But it, what's neat is, is when he was blinded, and then he, he gives Ananias a dream, tells him to go to Straight Street, there's going to be a guy there, and he's going to be praying. Once, once, once Paul had the encounter with Jesus, his posture of praying changed. Guys, today I want to help encourage you that at some point, we have to start getting serious about prayer. Our posture has to start changing. Our hearts, our hearts posture has to start changing to realize this is the thing that we have access to. This is one of the greatest things. Here's the other thing I, I looked at. How many times, y'all ever said this, there's power in prayer. I might get in trouble for this, but forgive me. I'll ask for forgiveness. Is there, how much power is in prayer? As much as you put into it, well, you don't have nothing. I don't have nothing. The power is not in the prayer itself. The power is from the one that grants it. The power is from the creator. The power is not in the, pra the prayer. Guess what a prayer is? A prayer is an, an expression of faith. Come on, follow me. A prayer is an expression of faith, right? I, the reason I pray is because I believe. The reason that I have faith and I pray is because I believe. So when we start getting down to this, guys, in the example that there, in all of these, there's all needs to be met. And there's one thing that we can do, and he's telling them and teaching them this and showing examples like this to realize that in all these needs, that there's prayer and there's a heavenly father that has the answers and wants to answer. 
I mean, right? I, I, if I get one, hallelujah, I'm good with it. Because th this is, I was so nervous today, y'all. I'm not going to lie. I told my wife, I was leaving the house. I'm like, I am so nervous today. I'm normally nervous. I sweat a lot, but I'm like, I'm nervous because I don't want people to not hear my heart today. My heart's not to tell you you're not believing, you're not doing something you should be doing. My heart's the saying is that if the disciples sit, said and did all these things and still asked, teach us to pray, that there's a need for us to continuously want to learn how to pray, how to press in, how to access the things that he has for us, to walk in the promises, to do all these things, that I have to want to look to him every single day and be able to pray in the middle of whatever the case is. So, next slide is prayer is an expression of faith. When we choose to pray, we are putting complete trust in God. I know, guys, that God has done enough in everybody's lives sitting here. I'll get to that in a sec. That if we will just continue to trust him, I believe things are going to continue to happen in our lives and we're going to get further, we're going to further trust him and be able to be in prayer at all times. And like I was saying earlier is you're, you're going to be able to be in your job. You, listen, it's okay, to, it's okay to have to reach out to someone, send a text message like I'm struggling. I want to strangle my coworker, whatever. The, I don't know how you are at work or what you're saying, but I'm saying you're going to be able to control that because you're going to realize that that's okay to need to do that and you need help. But at the same time, you're going to know that you can sit there and you can pray and you can ask and, and, and you will receive. And listen, you might need to keep on praying and keep on praying and keep on praying and keep on praying. And that's OK. But you have been giving something with access to the one that created you, that loves you, that sent a son to die for you. You can access that wherever you may be. And it will change the situation. So if my attitude switches to instead of after the fact, but I'm going to pray in the middle of the situation, or I'm going to pray right now, then my outcome is going to be different. And guess what? It might even be that they, I, I don't know what happens. It might be that they, I, not lose their job, but they <laughs> change departments. I don't know. You don't have to deal with them anymore. I don't know what the situation is. I'm just saying we have, we have to really start ask, asking and taking part in the things that's been given to us and also what Jesus has taught us to example these things. They have to be important. So the last slide I have here is 1 Thessalonians. No, go back. 1 Thessalonians 5. 16 through 19, and this is the message translation. It reads, Rejoice always. Everybody say always. always. And delight in your... So we're rejoicing always and we're, and we're delighting in our what? Be unceasing. Uh, unceasing. Unceasing. And what's that word? Man, I feel like we heard that a lot today, right? Persistent. In prayer, in every situation, no matter what the circumstances, be thankful and continually give thanks to God. 
For this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench, subdue, or be unresponsive, excuse me, to the working and guidance of the Holy Spirit. Which, guys, the Holy Spirit is on a whole nother level. Guide, teacher, talks about it. Listen, if you don't know what to pray, it'll teach you what to pray. We have to start getting in tune with the things that we have and the advice that's been given to us that we rejoice and delight in our faith. Unceasing, that means to never stop. Now, don't listen. I don't, I don't want to have any messages that's like, hey, I got fired. I wouldn't stop praying. And <laughs> Don't put that on me. What I'm saying, though, is how, how do we do that? That's a question, right? It's a, it's a valid question. Like, how do we continuously pray? Because that's the thing. Have you guys noticed that, too? The continuous, we got to renew our minds. That's a what? Is that a one-time thing? It's an everyday thing, right? It's continuously. So prayer, continuously. Could you look at your life and say, hey, I haven't continuously been doing this? Or if, if I have, I haven't persistently been doing this. Could you be honest with yourself and say that? And listen, I'm not asking you to, to tell me. I'm asking you to ask yourself to say, what have I committed to and that I'm not doing? Guys, this takes, this takes discipline. That's another word that is, is a tough one to talk about. Discipline is tough. I don't know if you've ever tried to be disciplined. My wife is terrible when it comes to, like, little Debbie cakes. Zero <laughs> discipline. I mean, Oreos, she'll smack a whole sleeve. It's not one or two. It's gone. <laughs> I'm, tell, I'm telling everything right now. I will learn discipline one day up here. But listen, our house, don't bring a snack there. It's an all-out brawl. There is no discipline. But, 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 look, your face is red. I ain't never seen your face red. But guys, listen, when we, when we delight in our faith and we are persistent in prayer, continuously asking, continuously in everything that we do every single day, I promise the outcomes of our life is going to be so different. And, and I, I don't, I, again, I don't know what you're not doing. I, I don't. Only you do. Only you know if you're, if you're taking prayer seriously. On, only you know if you're taking the time to give to him, to conversate with him. Guys, if prayer is a conversation with our father, we can do that on the fly, right? We can do it wherever. There, there's nothing, and this is where I feel like some people are like, ah, it's just weird. I can't pray there. Right? You, you are, and a lot of people will admit that. A lot of people will. But that raises the question, then why do we struggle to pray? And listen, God's checking my heart this week, guys. This, this, is, this is more for me than it is probably for any of y'all, of, of learning to, to pray more, trust more, N- not, not just 
Again, wake up and say the, you know, my prayer for the day. I checked off my morning prayer. Now I'm good to go. Because as soon as I leave the house, something else happens. And then I have to be in consistent. Yeah, you can come on up. I have to be in consistent, continual prayer and be persistent. Because I was reading that. Well, we don't. I struggled for a while to pray in front of people. Because there are some people that would pray. I'm like, holy cow. Heaven just arrived, like right here, right now. Like, I ain't about to say nothing. I'm going to scare it away, right? But I used to, I used to struggle. I was like, I'm just, I'm not going to say anything. My words are not that important. I, I don't know what to pray. Guys, listen, the hindrance was really on my life of prayer. I, I, I'm praying, I'm praying he's not answering. I don't know what to do. I must be doing something wrong. It must be how I'm praying. Well, then I read in the Bible that prayer and fasting. Well, am I not? Do I need to fast with this? I don't know, guys. Listen, I'm, I believe in prayer. I believe in fasting. I believe in all this stuff. But what I'm getting at is we need to be able to just in faith lift our prayers to God. We need to stop worrying so much about what it looks like, how it looks like, how we sound. In, in having the proper words. There's two things that he really talks about. Is that we, we need to stop stressing and worrying about what it looks like when we pray. The words that we speak, that, that, that doesn't matter. It matters that your heart is postured in the right way towards him and you're just speaking and asking and having a conversation with him. That's prayer, y'all. I, I don't know if someone's told you that that's not prayer. But when you have faith and trust in something and you ask it of him, and I don't care how it sounds. I don't know what y'all sound like. But you don't have to worry about that. Because it says he, he hears our cries. And he will answer. So, I just want to ask today that I know we have a lot of uh, situations in our life. I know we have a lot of struggles. We have a lot of ups and downs. We don't, we, we don't want to be seen in front of people admitting that we're struggling in an area, right? You know, that's the cool thing about the tax collector. He's like, yeah, listen, I'm, I need to self-reflect right now. I need, to, I need to get right. I need to admit my wrongs or where I'm at. Guys, today, don't, don't leave here and just stay where you're at. You're, you're not doing yourself any good. Don't, don't, don't sit here knowing that you've lacked because everyone has to some extent been like, yeah, I know. I've lacked a little bit here or there. Don't leave here without saying, I, today I want to make a change in that. And listen, I, I believe it's as simple as you and your heart, the, the, same, the same faith that you have to say, I believe in you and who you are. That, like we sung that song, there's no one beside him, that he's the God Almighty, he's all those things. If that's the, if that's the God you know you're praying to, what are you holding back from him? Don't, 
Don't wait for you to have this perfect planned out speech to let him know, to make it sound right, to, for him to think he, that's when he's going to work in it. He's already working. He's already working on your behalf. He just wants your honest heart, lifting it up to saying to him, God, come, I need you. I need you today. I need you in this situation. 